All right. Good afternoon and all praises to God. And again, to all of you that have joined us on today. Again, we are thankful to God for this opportunity. We call this midweek push. It is our energy. Um, it is what gives us, again, a little bit more tug, spiritual nourishment to make it until the weekend. We're thankful to God again for all of you that have joined us on today. Let me pause right now reflectively <clears throat> and thank our virtual listeners, uh, our virtual slash members. And so let me start in Washington and can uh, Washington and Kansas and Mississippi and uh, Texas, uh, Nashville, Tennessee, California. We got some members in California. Uh, we've got friends that watch us in um, North and South Carolina. We've got members in Chicago. We've got friends in Illinois in general. Um, we've got family that tunes in uh, from Florida. Uh, we've got friends and loved ones in Ohio, um, uh, Indiana, think are some of those places where we've got friends in Thailand that tune in week in and week out. Uh, so again, we're thankful to God. Georgia got friends there that tune in uh, weekly. So again, we're thankful to you that have tuned in uh, to our listeners in Battle Creek, uh, Portage, Ann Arbor, Ypsilanti, Pontiac, Flint, Detroit, Bay City, and Midland. Uh, right here in Saginaw, we are grateful for you just as well. We thank for all of you to our conference call listeners that tune in week in and week out. Again, thank God for you. And obviously we are favored today to have some in-person Bible study individuals with us on today. <clears throat> so yes, we are thankful to them uh, who are with us on today. Let's continue to, uh, if you would, remember our membership. I was just talking to one of our members who had uh, lost a loved one. We've had Again, several other members who have lost loved ones, and we want you to know that we are praying for you. Um, again, we're praying for you. I think we've got a couple members that are uh, undergoing some health issues right now, so we want you to know that we are praying for you uh, during your moments of illness, family, friends, and loved ones. Again, we are thankful to all of you. And if you would permit me again to celebrate with uh, First Lady Tatum 37 years today. Uh, so we are thankful, amen, for 37 years uh, well, with Sister Tatum. Again, we thank God for her. Thank God for all of you, for all of the salutations. Uh, again, for everything that you've done for our family. I say continuously, we are humbled. We are thankful for all that you do for us. The kind words, whatever you have done, we want you to know that we never take for granted your kindness uh, because it comes from your heart. So we want you to know that we are certainly appreciative for you. Brother Amos had another uh, loved one pass away. So we're praying for him. Sister Blanche Williams spoke with her. Uh, she's had a loved one pass away. So we're praying uh, for our members. If you are a new member and you have joined, again, I want to remind you that new member classes are Tuesdays. And um, Tuesdays from 2 to 3.15 and Saturdays from 9 to 10, 15. Okay, once you be aware of that. Tomorrow, uh, we've got some, uh, tomorrow the Wolverine State Convention slash Congress is going to be at New Life. And so there again, all hands on deck. If you can be here, we want you to be here. If you've got a New Life shirt you can wear, certainly want you to wear that. Um, if you want to do that, if not, just appreciate your support. I don't really know what our numbers are going to be because it's virtual and it is in person. So I don't know. It, it could be 30 people. It could be 200 people. We don't know because we don't know who's coming. But certainly if no one else is here, we know that new life ought to be in the house. All right. We support our own. This is our house. We want people to know that. So certainly it starts at four o'clock. There'll be three classes, one for the layman, one for the women, and then one for pastors slash ministers, as far as I know. Um, and that will go from four until uh, six o'clock. Uh, there'll be um, uh, a sermonette during that two hour window. Be aware of that. Um, and then the oratorical contest starts at 6, um, and I can tell you right now, it will be done by 6.30. Okay, it will be done by 6.30, and I say that because as far as I know right now, we only have one contestant. 
Okay, only one contestant. And so I want you to be aware of that. So to be very brief tomorrow, but certainly want to make sure that we are here to be supportive one way or the other. Okay, this weekend, uh, this weekend, the Dr. Rufus Bradley Senior Mission in the City Park will open. And right now, the way we're going to do it is, is what we call a soft opening. We're going to open at 5 o'clock. We'll open up with prayer. Um, and any that want to come out uh, during that time, it'll be open just briefly for about an hour, a little bit more than that. Uh, but it'll be a soft opening. And then from there, we'll continue with it opening at the schedule that we have. We're waiting for new signs to come. Uh, the new signs will give you the actual times that we will be open. Uh, it'll give you rules and regs. We're waiting for them to be produced. I hope they'll be done here sometime in the next day or two so they can be put up by the weekend. All right, so please be aware of that. It's a soft opening Saturday at 5. We'll open with prayer. We'll ask God again to cover the place. We'll hang around for a little bit, and then we'll move forward. Okay, that's the game plan. All right, uh, Deacon uh, Roscoe is securing... Uh, individuals that want to be a part of working during that time, uh, you'll never be alone. Um, if you can give an hour, that hour matters, okay? If you can give an hour, that hour matters, all right? Glad to see Sister Veda Weston here, uh, that she has now been out of the hospital for a little bit in here. So, again, we thank God for her as we thank God for all of you uh, that are with us uh, again on this afternoon. Um, don't forget this Sunday is Mother's Day, and we want to take time to reflectively thank God for our mothers slash our wives slash our sisters slash our aunts slash our big sisters, whatever role you have been in our lives, we pause to thank God for you, all right? So I certainly want to thank God for Again, the opportunity to have you come and be a part of that for us. And uh, I think, and Sister Tatum can help me with this, Operation Dry Bottoms, you have a session coming when? On May the 21st, Operations Dry Bottoms will be giving out diapers, and obviously everything that we do, it is referral-based. Um, and so a member of the congregation has to refer um, and we are well on the track record to surpassing the 12,000 diapers we gave away last year. So we are looking forward to that. Uh, May the 16th through the 19th, uh, Wolverine State Congress will have another session. Um, they have four classes being offered. You can see them on your screen. You can see them on your screen. Um, and so if you want to be a part of any of those classes, you can call uh, New Life, you know automatically because we pay our dues with the Wolverine State Congress and the convention. There's no cost to you other than your time. All right. And then coming up in June, uh, there is a teacher summit. Uh, it is free to uh, every member. It is free to every member of New Life because we, again, have paid our dues. I think there's a registration of $20 or $25 for anybody whose church is not registered with the Congress. It's going to be, however, in Pontiac, and it starts at 9 o'clock. I think it is done by 1. Uh, you can see the host of teachers scheduled and our very own Minister of Music. Uh, Minister Trunell will be one of the presenters that day. Uh, we've got two of our national officers coming, the national uh, Dean will be here and one of his uh, assistants, I can't think of his name, uh, but you can see him on the screen. Uh, Dr. Uh, Brett Snowden will be here. Dr. Carl Washington is our national dean, so we'll be glad again to have them in Pontiac at our dean's place for this session. Okay, and so New Life, uh, let me just say if there is a boatload of you that want to go, we can try to arrange transportation for you. Other than that, you probably have to catch an Uber or something like that. No, you want to get an Uber. Uh, but hopefully the game plan is if we've got some other people from the city that want to go, then we'll try to arrange some transportation for you to go. Okay, the other part of it is, okay, it's supposed to be hybrid, which means that you can be able to watch it um, virtually just as well. 
Okay? So that would eliminate having to go at all. Okay? All right. So that's where we stand. Uh, the weather's making a swing and uptick, if you will. Uh, there's been a lot of things that have happened since we met a week ago. Many of you are aware right now that it has allegedly been leaked that Roe versus Wade uh, is going to be struck down in June. Uh, that will certainly make a lot of individuals that are against abortion happy. Um, and let's, for the record, make sure people understand that we are not, uh, as believers in the gospel, we do understand God said, thou shall not kill. So, But trust me, you don't have to be Republican to believe or be anti-abortion. Once you be aware of that, um, there are some other things that uh, are out there on the horizons, um, and they're all political issues. And once one door opens, it opens other doors. Uh, just pray for the country. Um, I will say this to you, that the, this country, like every country, is good at always changing laws to fit where they are. That's why you can't trust man. You always have to trust God. And I, I want to be very clear about that. Uh, you have to trust God through everything. Uh, I guarantee you um, this law has been around for about 50 years. Um, it's now being struck down, and now there's concern about other laws, voting rights, other issues coming about as well, um, and it possibly will. All I can tell you, which we've said from day one, continue to pray for the government, pray for our country, pray for our nation as a whole. Okay? So that's where we stand as it relates to that. Okay? All right. So, hey, let's get into this outline today. We want to get some work done. Again, um, we're in this uh, outline entitled Moving Forward, Improving My Life by Improving My Walk with God. Again, it has been a very informative uh, outline, uh, and we're thankful. Um, Sister Janice Redeemer, if you've got some extra copies, um, I think if there's anyone that needs some, uh, she'll make sure that we get some. All right, Sister Redeemer will make sure we got some for you. Uh, they're only $19.95 tonight. That's the midweek special. And so $19.95. On Sundays, they $39.95. All right. So, again, uh, we left off on this piece. And if you can help me, Deacon Roscoe 17 uh, is the page. We started talking about some realities about this whole process. One of the things we talked about, and let's make sure we understand that, because we started talking about this new walk in obedience. All right? And you've got to understand, uh, beloved, <clears throat> that if you don't obey God, you cannot move forward in your relationship. All right? He said, those who love me obey my commands. Now, that's not up for negotiations. All right? That's not up for negotiations. I've got, again, two of our finest theologians in the person of Deacon Stewart and Deacon Yancey uh, uh, with me, flankered with me today, so they're going to help us as we go through. So one of the first things that we pointed out is that obedience to God is not about following a list of rules. If that be the case, uh, you know, uh, all of us, none of us would probably be on our way to heaven. We've all broken the rules somewhere along the road. All right. Now, keep this in mind that when God gave uh, the Ten Commandments to Moses, he did give some additional rules. OK, I want you to know that right off the bat. But I also want you to understand that the Pharisees and Sadducees wasn't happy with that. So what they did is and, and this there again is theologically rambling. There are some that say they made an additional 600 rules. And there are some that say they made an additional 1,500 rules. Why? Because for some reason they like rules. All right? And they tried to use that against Jesus Christ, which obviously it didn't work. Jesus said, look, let me just pick it to you plain, Deacon York. He said, here are the two things you need to keep in mind. Number one, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul. He said, and the second is like unto it, love your neighbor as yourself. He said, all the commandments can be summed up in those two things. So what is he saying? If I love God, if I love my neighbor as myself, that means I won't steal from a neighbor. All right? I, I, won't, I won't gossip about my neighbor. I got like one all right that time. <clears throat> All right. I won't disrespect my neighbor. 
All right. I, I mean, and the rule, I mean, the bottom line is all the other rules can be summed up in those two. The first one, there is no, there is no getting around. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, and with all your soul, or with all your spirit, however it says. Y'all know what I'm talking about. He says, and the second is like unto it. So what is God saying? I will not trade or I will not be um, second place to anyone. He has to be first place in our lives. All right. The second one is real simple. So we made it crystal clear to you that God isn't looking for rule followers. All right. Now, it, there are some people out there. There's some people out there, Sister Williams, that can follow rules to a T. But one of the things I just said it earlier, when the rules don't fit how I want to live, what do we do? Isn't that what the government does? I mean, that's what the government does right now. The government is trying to change the rules. Okay, can I help you? Rem remember Black Wall Street, the Oklahoma bombings? Mm -hmm. Remember that? Okay, uh, 200, 300 people were killed, but they don't want to hold anybody accountable. Well, you know, that was too long ago, and nobody lives now, so they don't want to pay anybody. So what they're doing, they're trying to pass laws to say that they shouldn't have to do anything about that. Reparations. All right? It's already bad enough. And think about this now. This is how America works. America, uh, Sister McMite, wants you to remember the Alamo. Remember the Alamo in Texas? They, it's in our history books. But they don't want you to remember the Oklahoma bombings. Remember now, history is not our story. It's his story. It's one, it's one person's story that they want you to know that does not encompass everybody's story. All right. So as we look at these things, understand, if you will, that God, he's looking for those who are pure in heart because God looks at the heart. He doesn't look at how many rules you follow. OK, we made you aware of that. Then secondly, the second thing we told you uh, obviously was that true obedience stems from a transformed heart. Says Harrison, when my heart has been transformed because I'm a new creature. All right. I have no problem being obedient to God. All right. Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he is a, if that, if that be the case then, uh, says Sutton, why is it that when people get saved, they keep acting like they did when they was unsaved? Because remember now, a transformed heart means that you have surrendered, that you see the merit, and you give up everything. Now, we're supposed to do that anyway, Dean Yancey. We're supposed to do that anyway because remember now, Sister Meredith, at the end of the day, if we are disciples of Christ, and that's what we got. If we're disciples of Christ, that means we've given up everything anyway, right? If you're a disciple of Christ, Sister Weston, it means whatever, however Jesus thinks, whatever, whatever's important to Jesus, how Jesus walks, how he talks, how he treats people, I have given up everything about me and now I live the same way. So let me just ask our audience real quick, and don't raise your hand, because we don't want to be crying if you don't raise your hand. Um, how many of you are disciples of Christ? You don't have to raise your hand. Because when you say you're a disciple, that means that God's thinking is your thinking. Remember he said, let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. So however Jesus feels about people and life, we ought to feel the same way. All right? So, so uh, Dean yes, if you can help it with number three, you know, we talked about this. Go ahead and read number three for us, if you will. We are called as believers to live by the spirit and the laws written on our heart. All right. So, so uh, in your opinion, uh, Deacon Stewart, what, what do you think that means, in your opinion? Um, we are called by believers to um, believe in the laws. It means, um, to me, um, our hearts are new. Okay. That, um, and that... Really, that your heart should be only for Jesus. The things that goes on in your life should be only for Jesus. So when he says that we are called as believers to live by the Spirit, that means at this point, who should be, who should be in the driver's seat of our lives? All right. So G, remember now, um, uh, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6 says what? Trust in the Lord. With what? With all thine heart and what? And lean not to thine own understanding. 
The Bible says in Psalm 37, the steps of a good man are what? Ordered by the Lord. Jesus said, I'm going, I got to get out of here. My time is up, but I'm going to send the comforter, the paraclete, and he will guide you. The paraclete is the Holy Spirit. So if his job is to guide us, why are we giving him such a hard time? Huh? He say go left, we go right. He say sit down, we say why? You get it? And so remember now, we're called as believers to live by the Spirit. The Bible says quench not the Holy Spirit. Right? The word quench means don't resist him. It means to obey him. And, and here's what I think, Sister Sutton. Here's what I think. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit knows the mind of God and he knows the mind of man. So don't you think he knows what's best for you? So do you ever think he'd send you down the wrong path? I don't, I don't think he would. All right? So, so we're, called, we're called to rely on the Spirit. So here's the real question, and only you can answer this personally. Do you recognize the spirit? Do you know when he's moving on you? Because sometimes what I've discovered, Sister Redeemer, is we insult the spirit. All right? We insult him by saying, you know, I was about to do that, but something told me don't do it. All right? All right? You insult the spirit when you don't acknowledge him. I, I was, you know, I was about to go with it, but something told me don't go. Well, what is the something? Or for that matter, who is the something? We insult him, all right? So what's an example, Deacon Yancey, Deacon uh, Stewart, what's an example of knowing the spirit? Can you give me an example? What's an example of that? Uh, when I mean know the spirit, can you give me a sign of you can tell when the spirit is guiding you? Any example from either of you as it relates to that? Yeah, when, when, whenever I have like a, a problem or a situation in my life, um, I know when the spirit is guiding me, when my flesh wants me to do one thing, mm. and the spirit is like, this shows you the outcome, don't do that. This is what you need to do. So it ain't, like you said, it ain't something in my mind that told me it's the spirit. The spirit led me to do the right thing. All right. All right. Didn't you answer? Amen. And I think, uh, well, I know sometimes where, you know, you might be thinking about something and then someone will come tell you something. That, that you have been thinking about, and that, you know that's kind of confirmation on the Spirit speaking to you and telling you, okay, now I need to move on this, because I was just thinking about that, mm -hmm. but I was praying about it, and then sometimes when a person comes to you, that's like confirmation from God that, you know, now it's time for you to move on it. So that then shows that you have connection. Um, the Spirit is the type of individual that when you're thinking about doing something wrong, he'll quickly chasing you. Uh, when you've done something wrong, sometimes he won't let you sleep. All right? All right? He won't let you sleep. All right? And, and so, you know, I, I'm, I, I can tell you right now, I can say, Sis Rawls, thank God many days that the Spirit checked me. All right? Because I was going to say something. The Spirit said, no, don't say nothing. I wasn't going to say something. Say, no, you need to say something. All right? Sometimes I was going to say something. Say, be quiet. All right? Go here. Go there. The Spirit has led me to many people. The Spirit has brought many people in my life. So I thank God. Now, here's the other piece of that. You know, when you got the law written in your heart, it's easier for the Spirit to guide you. Because, remember it says, Thy law have I hid in my heart that I what? Might not sin against it. It's easy for the Spirit because the law is the Word. And the Word is the Spirit himself. Remember, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. The Spirit is life. The Spirit is the Word. So when you have the Word written, it's easier for the Spirit to guide you because it's in your heart. Right. All right? So, so I, I, think as, I, you know, I think at the end of the day, um, it's easy for us to obey. Now, the Scripture says this. If you love me, obey my commands, right. and my commands are not grievous. Grievous means, says Jay, that it's not hard to follow me. All right? Now, one of the things that you've heard us talk about for the last couple of weeks is this, is this notion entitled total new life. Five things should venture, okay? Uh, one, uh, total new life is that we pray that all members would, would tithe. Pray that every member would attend life development or Sunday school. 
Pray that every member would win at the minimum one soul to the kingdom. Pray that every member would be in prayer service. And pray that every member will use their spiritual gifts for the glory of God. Amen. Can you imagine what it would be like if every single member was here tonight? Can you imagine what it would be like on Sunday if every single member tithed? Can you imagine what would happen if every member brought somebody to church Sunday? Standing room only. And can you imagine if everybody witnessed, you know, with a membership of 200 plus, we'd go from 200 to 400 and just, just overnight. That's the excitement. So I think all of us, Deacon York, Sister, Sister Janelle, I think all of us need to get, go back and get uh, vaccinated with Acts chapter number 2, verses 41 through 47. Mm. I think we need another injection. Because if we do that, that is what we call the New Testament church. All right? They, they prayed together. They fellowshiped together. They, they hung out together. Signs and wonders were done. And at the end of the day, in verse 47, it says this. And this is what amazes me, Brother Raz, when I think about this. Because I keep asking myself the question, if they did it then, why we can't do it now? So in verse 47, it says, and there was added to the church daily why well, we can't do that right now because we're so busy doing us we can't do christ right so i mean here it is wednesday so so let me ask you what have you done for jesus since sunday you witnessed anybody did you call and tell anybody about the powerful service we had on sunday do you did all the time. That's what I'm talking about. All right. So we understand then that God, we're called to believe to live. So, so uh, Deacon, uh, Deacon Stewart, uh, number four, what does number four say for us? Jesus simplified it all when he said, walk in love. Mm. So, I, you know, I think as Christians, we focus a lot of our attention on sin and following the rules. Because that's one thing I can tell you for sure. We know how to point out sin, don't we? We can point, oh, you breaking the rules. Oh, you doing this. Oh, you lying. Oh, you doing this. You know, we're good at pointing that out. Well, but what about pointing out people that actually walk in love? Have you thought about that? Notice Jesus didn't do a lot of convicting of people. He was trying to empower and equip people. Matter of fact, remember the woman that was caught, Dean Yancey, the woman that was caught in adultery? It's amazing to me that the religious leaders at that time only caught the woman, but they didn't catch the man. <laughs> Thought about this, is Mac right? It's amazing. And here's the thing about it now. This thing that blew my mind. They say, they say, gee, we caught her in the very act. So they saw. Right? I mean, think about it. It does say the very act, don't it, didn't you? They say we caught. And it's amazing that they only brought one person. Now, you know, theologians speculate, if you will, didn't Yancey, that the reason why they didn't bring the man, because man, the man was one of them. Huh? All right. And so I love Jesus' response there, because Jesus, Jesus looks and he stoops down and starts writing in the sand. And, and if we could theologically ramble Deacon York, the theory is that what Jesus was writing in the sand was all the men that had probably been with that woman. All right. Hadn't said nothing. He looks back up, and all of a sudden, everybody gone. I think it did say he was without sin, cast the first stone. I think it did say that. But it's amazing that when he looked up, everybody was gone, and he said, well, where are thy accusers? All right. Now, what Jesus does is he says to her, go and sin no more. All right. He does not address. He said, look, whatever you was doing, stop doing it. And I think that's one of the things that we need to focus on, not necessarily on what they did, but how not to do it anymore. Okay. He simplified it when he said walk in love. When you walk in love, that means in essence, I'm now focusing on those things that please Jesus Christ. Right. So for us, I think, you know, at the end of the day, our job is to teach people how to walk in love, not how to follow rules. Because I guarantee you they're going to break some. All right. And real talk, 
you're going to break some too. Right? The Bible says a righteous man falleth what? Seven times. All right? Now, if you only fail three, hang on. You got four more to go. All right? And real talk, you're probably going to sin more than that anyway. All right? But Jesus, you know, I, I, I told you this in the, in, the, in the previous one. Jesus summed up the law and what God required with one word, love. All right? That's what he summed it up with. So think about it like this. If we are walking in complete and unconditional love, what type of church would we actually have? Ever thought about that? Because, you know, if we're going to be very transparent, Dean Yancey, and y'all don't have to say nothing. I'll just say it for y'all. Um, you know, everybody that come to church ain't real. Right. And some folks that come to church that fake it. All right. I mean, we're going to be honest about it. I mean, you can throw the shoe at me. I don't want you throwing it at the deacons. But I know I'm right about that. You know, listen, a God-given love that stems from the heart um, you know, if it stems from the heart, you can see it in people's actions. I'm not doing it just to impress folks. All right? I'm not giving just to show you I'm giving. I'm giving because it comes from love. All right? And at some point, we ought to be able to distinguish those that are real from those that are not real. But you won't ever know that if you're not doing everything in love. See, you can't spot a real diamond unless you actually got one. All right? They just shared, they just, did you see it this past Monday, Ding York? They were selling this diamond for $30 million. Okay? Now, I was going to get it, but I, I figured I could use my money for something else. <laughs> Sis Tatum probably wouldn't want me to buy that anyway, not $30 million. Because, first of all, where are you going to wear it? Hmm? Where are you going to wear it? A $30 million diamond. Where are you going to wear it? All right. So I, I believe this. I, I believe sometimes, uh, Dean Yance, we get so caught up in the list of rules that we forget the purpose of the rules. Okay. All right. I, I believe um, now, I, you know, I've never murdered anyone. Don't don't misunderstand me. But I've looked at someone uh, with a disdain. I didn't like them. OK. I, I mean, hatred is a strong word. But have I ever felt like that? Of course I have. You know, because I did not like what they were doing to other people. All right. Um, you know, I, and I think at the end of the day, all of us can say at some point, and I know hate is a strong word, and I know we're taught not to do that, but all of us have felt that at some point. Right. If we're going to be very honest. Um, but, you know, when I'm walking in God's love, um, you know, it changes how I look at people. Uh, I'm not trying to take advantage of people. I'm not trying to get over on people. I just want to help people. And to help people, I've got to help them. Remember Jesus said that he saw uh, the disciples, he saw the people, and they look helpless, uh, like, like um, lambs uh, or sheep without a shepherd. And he said, truly the harvest is plenty, but the labors are few. He said, pray. Well, that should be the mannerism of all of us. Um, did I feel like taking somebody out? I'm sure all of us want to take somebody out. All right? You want to knock somebody out? I'm just using some very, you know, generic terms, if you will. But the bottom line is I think all of us have felt that way. So, so you know, for me, uh, I think if we're going to move forward in our relationship with God, we've got to learn how to love everybody. So what does love everybody, Dick Yancey, look like, in your opinion? What does it look like? Didn't answer, didn't do it. He didn't want to go ahead. I think love look like um, we we walking in alignment with God. Uh, we we doing the things that we supposed to do for our serving, serving people, helping people. Okay. And just witnessing the people and just giving our testimony on how to get people saved, and um, just just being a, a genuine, caring person. Okay. Didn't do it. What do you think? I think it means um, just doing everything kind of cheerfully and joyfully. Um, not not always. Um, Everybody ain't always getting on your nerves. When it's time to do something, mm. you ain't you ain't complaining about it before you got to do it. You kind of happy that you can do something for somebody, you know. And here's the thing: we got to keep in mind now. You'll never advance in your relationship with God when you hate somebody else. Right. All right. Listen to what the scripture says. The scripture says, "How can you love him who you've never seen and hate those who you see?" And then he says, "You're a liar, and the truth is not in you." 
Ding Roscoe, if you can find that scripture, I want you to find it so we can make sure people get it so you don't think we're making up. How can you love God and you've never seen God but hate those who God produced? He says you're a liar and the truth is not in you. So as a believer, you don't have a right to hate anybody. Black, white, yellow, green, KKK, whoever. Donald Trump, you can't hate nobody. All right? You can't. The Bible says you got to love everybody. All right? And, and love is an action word. All right? You, you don't have a choice. He said, uh, uh, John uh, 13 and 34 says, New commandment I give unto you that you love one another even as I've loved you, that you also love one another. So God is saying, as I love you, now get this, Dignior, because people are going to try to miss this. All right? He says, as I have loved you, you love everybody else. Y'all see that right there in the scripture? So you, you don't have a choice but to love me the way God loves me. Yeah, okay, I ain't getting not a single amen in the audience. All right, thank you. Do you see it right there? He said this, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also. So the way God loves me is the way you're supposed to love me. All right? So if we were to, if Paul would have come to the witness stand over in 1 Corinthians, I, I, the love chapter, chapter 11, 12, or 13, Paul said love is patient. Love is kind. I, I like it. It keeps no records of wrongs. Huh? All right. Now watch this verse here. 1 John chapter 4, verse 20. Watch this verse. It says this. Watch this, uh, Brother D. He says, whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or a sister is a liar. Y'all see that right there in the outline? For whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. So when a person tells you they hate somebody, they say, well, you must be a liar. Because you claim you love God. But how can you love God but hate them? I hate my mama. I hate my brother. I hate my so-and-so. Then you're a liar. Because you can't love God. You cannot love God and hate somebody else. That's not the way it works. All right? And I realize hate is a strong word. Reverend and Lord just working on me. You know, I just. But, but you know, people use that as a scapegoat. If you can love God right now, you can love everybody else right now. You can't love God and hate other people, not when you've been born again, right? All right, so look at this then. Now, come on, comments, anybody? Any, any thoughts on that? All right, so let's, let's move forward. So number five, get this now. Number five, Ding Roscoe. So, so being obedient to God means living by, oh, I'm sorry, I'm on the wrong one. Oh that, is, oh, that is right, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm just testing your sister redeemer, see if you was watching. All right, so, so being, obedient, being obedient to God means living by the Spirit and walking in his love, right? Yeah, I, I talked about that one already. Okay, let me talk about it a little bit more since y'all didn't get all the answers to it anyway. All right, all right. So, so at the end of the day, being obedient to God means living by the Spirit and walking in his love. So what does it mean to be obedient to God as his child? I'm on page number 19 if you're trying to follow me. All right? So we abide in him, right? We abide in him, trusting him to guide our lives, uh, to train us to live righteously. Uh, we trust him to empower us to be all he created us to be. That will never happen unless you live by the Spirit. If the Spirit is supposed to share with you and guide you, he can't guide somebody that don't want to be guided. All right? He cannot help somebody that does not want to be helped. All right? Now, I say this often, and it bears, it, 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 it bears repeating again today. You can't help people that are fighting you. Okay? You cannot help people that fight you at every angle to help them. That's a lost cause. All you're going to do is create misery for your own self. All right? So fighting means, okay, so I helped you get on your feet. You know, you, you got kicked out of your last apartment, 
And so out of love, I'm going to help you get yourself together. Now you're being thrown out of that one. All right. So now I'm not going to help you again because you're fighting me. All right. You're fighting. I'm trying to help you. Okay, well, let me help you with your bill. I don't need nobody to help me. I'm grown. Okay, then don't ask me for no more money. I mean, I'm just looking at some realistic things because at the end of the day, you can't help somebody that fights you every time you're trying to help them. That would be like some person, a person is drowning and I swim out there to help them and they fight me trying to save them. We have people like that in the church. We have people like that in our families. We have people like that in our communities. And so it makes sense to me to help somebody. Jesus said it like this. Jesus said, when you go into these towns, remember when Jesus commissioned his disciples? He said, go into these towns. And he said, when you go in there, if, if they won't acknowledge you and acknowledge what you, he said, shake the dust off your feet. And I'm saying to us as believers, that the reason why some of y'all ain't moved forward is because you, you keep trying to help people that's actually drowning you from moving forward. You can't make progress because you keep trying to help John. John in jail every week. You didn't mortgage the house, the car. You didn't mortgage your 401k, but you love John. Well, practice some tough love. Because sometimes we got to practice that. All right? So I... What I want to make sure we understand as we move forward, because we want to get into some of these characters of obedience. Uh, it's important to understand that we listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. We trust the law he has written in our hearts and obey from a heart that is filled with God's love. That's how you can tell we're being obedient. At the end of the day, when, when I listen to the voice of the Spirit, when I trust the law that he's actually put in my heart, and I obey from a heart's perspective, then I know that I can be obedient. Because now I'm not being forced. I'm doing it because I love God. So let's look at in time we got left. We've got a couple of characters we want to look at. We're not going to get to all of them. But let's talk about a couple of characters that demonstrate obedience. And one of the first ones we want to talk about is Enoch. All right? And so when you look at Enoch, there's a scripture, Dean Yancey, if you can help me with that scripture, there's a scripture. Anybody know Enoch? Anybody remember Enoch? Not any. Enoch is his name. Anybody know Enoch? But Raz, you don't know Enoch? Okay, we're going to tell you about him today, all right? All right, go ahead. Go ahead, Dean Yancey. Genesis 5, 24, and Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. Mm. Now, let me just ask the owner. How many years had Enoch walked with the Lord? Anybody know? 300 years. Enoch walked with the Lord. Now, remember back during that time, you know, we lived a long time. Remember, Methuselah lived to be 969 years, I believe. All right. 969. He, he must have went through a whole bunch of clothes during that time. <laughs> he must have got a whole bunch of Social Security. I'd love to collect Social Security for 900 and some years. All right, all right. What you eat for 969 years? You eat chicken for 960? I mean, what you eat? Soup? Soup? All right, all right. How many pair of shoes did he go through in 969 years? You know, Dignor? He must have went through a whole bunch of shoes. All right. All right, but think about this now. I mean, for 300 years, he walked with the Lord. That's, that fascinates me because we can't get some folks to walk with the Lord a week. Right? Some folks can walk with the Lord for what, like a year? I mean, think about it now. You know, what, what does a life look like that is pleasing to God? Anybody know? What does a life look like? All right? And, and, and I think, uh, Dean York, every Christian actually wrestles with that question from time to time in various ways. What does please God? All right. Well, we know that Hebrews 11 tells us uh, what pleases God. Matter of fact, uh, I think it's Hebrews 11 and verse 6. Uh, Deacon Stewart, if you can help me with that. Um, uh, Hebrews 11, 6. It's on the screen if you want to look up on the screen to cheat. Uh, it's, go ahead and read that for us. Hebrews 11 and 6 says, But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. 
And so when you look at this, um, we, we call uh, Hebrews chapter 11 the, he, the hall of faith, uh, the faith hall of fame. Because what you'll find in Hebrews chapter 11, you're going to find all these people that God mentions to let us know people that walk by faith. All right. In the next series that will be coming up, we're going to be talking about stretching our faith. So you'll see some of these characters again, but it's imperative to mention them today because you need to understand that faith comes at a cost. And by that, we suggest and infer that when we talk about faith, that means, Sis Faye, Sister uh, Wafer, and the rest of you, Sister, Sister Jay, that faith means I've got to get away from logical thinking and hear and march by things that sometimes seem illogical. For example, it was illogical of Jesus to tell Peter to get out that boat. Because in our logical, that don't make sense. We can't walk on water. But how did he do it? At the command of Jesus Christ. He trusted Christ. And see, when your faith is being stretched, God will ask you to do some illogical things that take you out of your comfort zone. Right? Here's a man that walked with God for 300 years, and the Bible says, and you'll see him in the Faith Hall of Fame, the Bible says that he was a man who not only walked by faith, but he was a man that walked with God. You can't miss the two. He walked in faith, but he walked with God. What does it feel like to walk with God? In, in, what do you think? What does it feel like? Ding Yancey, Ding, Ding Stewart. What do, you think it, what do you think it means to walk with God? Go ahead. To walk with God, um, it feels awesome. That has to be an awesome feeling to know that, that you are covered, that, um, that all your problems, you know, you can give to somebody. You know, all your battles, you already know they're basically won. Mm -hmm. You know, um, walking with God is, is awesome. All right. Ding Yancey, what do you think? You're in alignment. Um, you know, you walk in, in alignment with God. I mean, you're doing the word of God. Um, and you're following God. So when you're following God, things just fall in place in your life, and you just continue just to walk and grow and mature. And when people see that, I think that also draw people to want to follow you. So, so one of the things that I'm picking up from both of you, and I think it's very clear to the, and I hope it is to the audience, that not only does God require us to walk in faith with him, but to also have an intimate relationship with him as well. So, so let me ask you right now, on a scale of one to five, with, with one being poor and five being exceptional, how intimate is your relationship with God? How often do you commune with God? How often do you talk to him? Can you... Can you feel his presence during the day? Um, you know, if somebody's reading a scripture, sometimes I've had people read scriptures and I can feel God's presence. I've heard a song that has moved me. I've heard people talk about the power of God and I can sense his power and presence. I, I feel like I'm in his presence at that time. That's called communion. And one of the things that I promise you that if every believer took time to commune with God. Now, you can commune with God on many different levels. You can commune collectively. You can commune individually. Um, you know, uh, there was a picture out. My wife was talking about just recently called, the, I think it's called the war room. Okay. This woman took a closet and made it into a room where she went in and went into battle. But even more than that, it was her personal place where she met God every day, okay? And I, I was saying this to the new members yesterday that when you, prayer is where we communicate with God, okay? And um, it was interesting. One of the new members said, you know, Pastor, he said, he said, when I used to go to work, he said, I used to go to work at 4 o'clock in the morning. He said, um, before I would go to work, I would spend time in prayer with God. He said, do you, he said, I've been retired now for 10 years. He said, do you know that God still woke me up at four o'clock every morning? I said, cause what is God telling you? That he wants to talk to me, that there is an expectation. Okay. If you don't feel that expectation, then maybe you're not as commune, uh, you're not as connected with God as you say you are. Cause when God want to talk to you, he want to talk. All right. 
All right. When God wants to commune with you, he wants to talk and he wants you to talk to him. And so one of the things that I love about, about Enoch is it wasn't just a faith walk. The Bible intimates that it was an intimate relationship. He knew God well and God knew him well. All right. I think as every believer tries to improve their walk with God, you have to become so. Now, let me say it before I say this. First of all, I need you to be aware, it's not like God don't know you because he made you. God know every one of your secrets. He know every one of your smirks, your attitude. God know everything about you. All that stuff that we don't know, God know it. All right? Now, here's what God really wants. God wants you to know that he knows who you are. And God wants you to know that, or God wants that to be exposed by you communicating. God, I got a lying problem. God, I got a jealousy problem. God's response is going to be, son, it's not like I didn't know that. I needed you to admit that not only to yourself, but also to me. I cannot help you until you are willing for me to help you. Right. Anybody remember back in the day, uh, w, the WWE uh, wrestling? Y'all remember wrestling? All right. Now, I'm not a, I'm not a, I don't watch that, but, you know, I, I got some people in my family watch. But anyway, in the WWE, you know, you got two people in the ring wrestling, right? All right. And when one person gets hurt, the other person is trying to reach over to get tapped. Right? The tap means I need some help. I'm tapping out so you can tap in. Well, God does that every day of our lives. He's reaching in for you to tap him. But he will never jump in the ring until you surrender to say, I need, I'm hurting, I need some pain. So think about this. It's a lot of us walking around with a lot of hurts, habits, and pains, and God say, all you got to do is tap. But see, you hard here. I got this. I can do this my own self. All right? God said, okay, fine. See, I see you're a glutton for punishment, so I'm going to let you continue to suffer until you admit you can't handle it. All right? And at that time, that's when God will jump in. All right? So, so when I look at this outline, the Bible tells us that, that Enoch was taken up. Right? He did not taste death. Enoch... And who's the other person? Anybody know? Who was the other person, according to the Bible, that did not see death? It was Elisha. All right. Now, at some point, you do know from a biblical standpoint, they do have to encounter death. Because we all have to die. All right. So wherever they are at this point, they're going to re-encounter. It is believed that the two witnesses in the book of Revelation believe that's who they are. All right, that's, that's another story for another day. But what I want you to see about him is he did not taste death. And he didn't taste death because the Bible says he lived a life that pleased God. So let me ask you a question. In the last couple minutes we got left, does your life please God? Does your witness, because I want you to understand, you cannot have a poor witness and say your life pleases God. So what does that mean? Deacon Yancey said it several times tonight and bears repeating, alignment. Does your life align with the word and the will of God? And what we may have to actually do is readjust our lives and readjust our testimony. Because if you're not doing substantially or if you're not witnessing at all, can you really say you love God like you say you do? I mean, I'm just asking a question. Can you? You can. He said, if you love me, do what? All right. So what does obeying his commands mean? Oh, wait a minute. Okay, I got it. Ding, ding, uh, Stuart, ding, yes. Obeying his commands mean everything that I like that he said. <laughs> right? Is that right? If I, if, it's, if I like it, I'm going to do it. Okay. All right. So now, and so people won't keep throwing up, but Reverend, I don't know how to witness. Well, you, you learned how to drive, didn't you? Right? 
Somebody had to teach you. You, le you learned how to balance a checkbook, didn't you? Well, some people did. You learned how to cook, didn't you? All right, some folks, right, right. All right. You learned how to dress yourself, didn't you? Well, no, some people, the jury's still out on that. I, I guess the bottom line is the Bible says, you'll find me when you seek me, and you seek me with your whole heart. The best teacher that you can have is Jesus Christ himself. Whatever you need to learn, he says, I'll teach you. I'll send you to the right people. So for us, I think one of the things that we have to understand at the end of the day, um, I, when I look at Enoch, and, and Deacon Yancey and Deacon Stewart, you can chime in if you feel like it. I realize when I look at, at Enoch, I've got a lot of work to do in my own life. If, if Enoch can walk with God for 300 years and his life please God, I need to just ask myself one question. Does my life in every area of my life please God? Now, I can tell you right now, the answer is probably going to be no, which means I got some work to do. I'm working. And since Blanche Williams, I'm a work in progress, which means I'm not fully there, but every day I'm striving. Okay, there has to be a concerted effort. All right. So any, any, any comments? We, we got about two or three minutes left. Any comments, Deacon Yancey, Deacon Stewart, feel free to chime in. Yeah, when you're walking with God, you have to understand that it's going to be some times in your life when you're going to feel foolish, when you're going to look weak, when people are going to talk about you, whatever. But you have your walk with God is your walk with God. If God tells you to keep going straight, you keep going straight. I don't care what nobody else say about you. It's what God wants you to do. So you got to do what God wants you to do. And I guarantee you it's going to come out to your favor. All right. Dingus. Amen. Amen. And you also got to pick people that's in line with God to follow and have a, sp a good spiritual leader that you can follow and get the information from that you need in, in order to grow. Um, I just, I, I love Pastor Tato for the work that he's doing here and the way he's growing us and stretching us, stretching our faith. I love the analogy that he gave here a couple months ago when he stretched a rubber band all the way around the church. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that was powerful just for us as believers and here at New Life just to stretch us and continue so we can continue to grow. Well, you know, and I think at the end of the day, one of the things that we have to understand is all of us ought to strive to have an Enoch-like walk. All right? You know, he's a character that's not a whole lot mentioned about him, but think about it. It says his life pleased God. So whatever your life is, ask yourself, does your life in every area please God? And let me go a step further. Can you stand to improve? Would it hurt you to do more? Because that means there again, I'm, I, if I want to please God in everything, that means I got to go back and examine every area of my life. Now, I'll be the first one to tell you, Dean York, many people are not going to do that because I'm comfortable where I am. I, you know, I read. You know, I read the Bible three times a week, but could you read it five times a week? Hmm? And think about, think about the contrast. Let me give you a contrast. You read the Bible three times a week, right? Right? But you eat seven days a week. See the difference? It's, it's about preference. All right? You take medicine every day, but you don't take this medicine but once a week. See, see the difference? And so when you look at things like that, and all I'm trying to do is be very practical because we can always find an excuse why we think we okay, all right? And the reality is most of the time we're not okay. And let me go a step further. You might be good. I'm good. But remember now, uh, Jim Collins wrote this book called uh, Good to Great. And in the book he said, good is the enemy of great, okay? We can be a good church but we can get relaxed and think that this is okay. And I need you to understand right now, New Life, where we are right now, we're not done because we got more work that needs to be done. Where we are right now, people prayed for this years ago. Okay? I, I need you to understand that. But the Bible says, as it is written, eyes, can, eyes haven't seen, ears haven't heard. God has more in store. So this is a, this is a nice church. These say this is a nice church. D say this every time he come in the building. But what if God has more for us? 
And I believe that as we keep winning souls and empowering the membership, this sanctuary in a little bit ain't going to be big enough for us. Huh? We're going to have to branch out. New sanctuary, more territory, more church vans, more Sunday school classes, more people joining. But that's going to come from being obedient. All right? And we'll see the evidence of that when you start doing everything God tells you to do. All right? Don't forget this weekend, executive team, we meet deacons at 10, executive at 11. Don't forget we meet this weekend. Don't want to forget that. Tomorrow night at 4 o'clock, if you can come over. And, you know, if some of you are getting off work tomorrow, uh, don't feel like you have to go home and change. However, if you've got some new life garb that you can wear tomorrow just to represent, feel free to wear that doesn't have to be the latest stuff that we have as long as it says new life or mission in the city, whichever is your preference. We just want to, again, show that we're in the house on tomorrow. Um, we certainly want you to come. Again, want to remind you of your giving. Your giving is critical to all that we do. And let me say to you, new life, you are doing exceptional in your giving. Okay, I want to acknowledge that. And you need to know that. All right, you're positioning us to do some great ministry by your giving, and we're doing it. So I want you to know that. Again, let me thank Deacon Stewart, Deacon Yancey, again, for, again, your words of wisdom on tonight. Let me thank uh, the in-person crowd on today for being with us on today. Let me thank our engineers and the person of Brother Fentress and Deacon Rasco. Uh, who are working uh, diligently to keep us on the air and do all the things we do. Let me thank all of you that tune in week in and week out that's praying for us. Uh, the prayer box is up, and the prayer cards are on the table. And so if, Sis Cheatham, if, uh, if you have a prayer request, uh, they are online. You can submit it online, I believe, and there's a prayer box in the foyer. You can put your prayer request in there so that Sister Blanche Williams and the prayer crew can pray. Go to God on your behalf. Thank you, Brother Williams, uh, Brother Sim Simmons, rather, for your support. All of you, thank all of you for tuning in on today. Look forward to seeing you on Wednesday. And FYI, Wednesday for our conference call listeners, it is pre-recorded. Friday, just Testing y'all, see if y'all listening. <laughs> y'all get an A-plus for that one. Uh, Friday, uh, again, pre-recorded uh, so that our conference call listeners will know that the prayer hour will be pre-recorded. Again, thank you, Sister Jay. And again, I said earlier, 37 years. Thanks, Sister Tatum, for putting up with me. Amen. Uh, thank God for us uh, being who we are. Um, and so, again, we thank God for all of you. Um, again, it's our prayer that God will bless you and keep you. Uh, looking forward to seeing all of you uh, still on, win uh, on Friday, but also Sunday morning just as well. Now, let me say this. Uh, for those that have mothers, if your mother doesn't have a church, invite her to be with us. Uh, if some of you choose to go worship with your mother on Sunday, we understand. Um, you only have one mother, and we want you to make sure that you can honor her. So if you want to bring your mother, bring her. We want you to bring your mom. We want you to take time again to acknowledge her uh, here with us in service on Sunday, okay? God bless you again. Thanks again to all of you. We'll see you, Lord willing, on Friday for our hour of prayer.